This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man Staten. This podcast is dedicated to blue-collar, hard-working public land elk hunters. We preach hard work, delayed gratification, discipline, and staying accountable to yourself. We value faith, family, fitness, fiscal discipline, and of course, public land elk hunting. So come along as we try to educate, motivate, and inspire you to become the best possible version of yourself. Our podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, performance you deserve. Fuel your body with the best. Use our discount code ELKSHAPE30 and save 30% off your first purchase. We are also brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Geared for the outdoors, made with bow hunters in mind, built to over-deliver, and most importantly, designed to outperform. Check out numaoutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code ELKSHAPE20 to save 20% off your purchase. Matthews Archery elevating the archery experience take a test drive with the matthews v331 or 27 at a local dealer near you vortex optics i've been partnered with vortex since 2010 this company is awesome they're american owned veteran owned they're based in wisconsin their entire team of designers and engineers produce and distribute a complete line of premium sport optics accessories and apparel most of the apparel that i wear while training scouting and hanging out around the house is Vortex Wear. Go ahead and check it out. And if you want to save 20%, enter the discount code ELKSHAPE at checkout and you'll save 20%. New from Vortex in 2021 is their tripods. The one I've been using in the backcountry is their Summit Carbon 2 and their Radian Carbon. And it also has a ball leveling head and it's perfect for rock solid shooting. There is the tripod to fit everyone's needs from Vortex now, and it's still covered with their lifetime no-fault transferable VIP warranty. Check it out at VortexOptics.com. Welcome to the Oak Shade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. Today we're sitting down with Cody Roberts, Will Cooper, NUMA Outdoors, 
started working with Numa late fall 2020, and we inked a deal. I'm hooked up with these guys. I'm connected. Uh, they believe in elk shape, and uh, they're solid dudes. We're going to have a really fun podcast today. We're going to talk about some different things. Obviously, we'll get to Numa Outdoors and their technical pieces, but we're going to talk a little bit about Texas hunting, talking about spouses and hunting. We're going to talk about business and personal development, and we kind of just cover it all. It's going to be a good listen. I appreciate you guys' support. Without further ado, this is Will Cooper, and this is Cody Roberts, and you're listening to the Elk Shape Podcast. Guys, welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, fun podcast today. We're going to go and sit down with some NUMA men. We're going to sit down with CEO of NUMA Outdoors, Cody Roberts, as well as uh, he's got a new title, which I'll let him explain, but uh, my buddy, Will Cooper, who came to Elk Shape Camp in Texas and works with me quite a bit. Uh, guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having us. Uh, Cody here. We're uh, excited to, to visit with you today. And man, love what you guys are doing and uh, love to tell you more about NUMA. Perfect. Will, what's your new title, bro? Man, the, the new title is Field Operations Manager. So going to get to be going out and doing a lot of stuff with Total Archery Challenge, come to a couple of the elk-shaped camps, and just really getting the NUMA brand out to the masses. So that got changed not too long ago. Which Total Archery Challenges are you going to be at? We're going to be at the Texas one. We're going to go to Big Sky, Colorado, and then I believe the second Utah. Okay, so you got four, and you are you got a souped up big old van truck thing and a your toy hauler of some sort. What do you bring into these camps? Like where can where can we see you? Man, we're gonna be bringing this. Uh, Cody, what, what would you call that? Just a <laughs> we, uh, mini bus. We call it the war wagon. It's a it's a giant E three fifty four by four van, and we're pulling a. a trailer with all of our gear and and dan we'll have all of the numa gear uh that's available for uh the uh spectators and and uh, contestants to try on check it out touch it feel it uh we encourage guys to wear it throughout the course uh and then we'll also have some of the new gear that's coming out in the fall uh for this uh 2021 season that we're super excited about getting it in the hands and, and really you know guys like you and your listeners that uh, spend a lot of time in the backcountry put miles on their gear. We're excited to show you the kind of the next evolution of what we're doing with NUMA. Right on, right on. I think um, I got a chance to look at some of the new pieces when I was down there with y'all a couple weeks ago. Very impressed. We have some new pieces that we can talk about. Let's do that. But first, let's go back to kind of some of the main staples of NUMA, some of the stuff that I've used. Um, just to fill the backstory, friends. Uh, I somehow will talk to me into trying that, uh, trying out some NUMA stuff this late fall for, for late season whitetail here in Washington. And so I did that and I was really super impressed And I was actually testing first light gear and a couple other brands as well. And it didn't take long for me to kind of know that I wanted to work with NUMA. And so I am definitely working with NUMA going forward. They help out a lot with my camps and, uh, it's been a really good relationship because I've gotten to know the whole team, which has been really exciting for me. And it's a people first type of business that I run at Elk Shape and the same goes for NUMA. So it's really excited. Let's break down some of the staples. I guess we'll talk as it pertains to elk hunting since this is the Elk Shape podcast. Cody, when you're in Colorado, what does your layering system look like? Well, currently I 
I mean, I, in Colorado, especially I only hunt archery, um, elk in Colorado. Uh, we, we usually go first season archery. We're there for opening day. I've, I've got this kind of weird fascination of being the first guy in the woods, uh, with a weapon. So, um, usually it's hot, you know, you can leave out in the morning. It's going to be around freezing. And by that afternoon, it may get up in the eighties. So we, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in, uh, Merino always have been, and I'm excited for uh for everyone to try out our our new merino system uh but man i wear the merino uh gunnison hoodie which is a scuba hood um long sleeve merino top uh it's got a, a lot of really good features uh and then at the bottom merino uh is a, is a must those are easy to get on and off and then i layer it with uh, my outerwear is the numa waypoint jacket and pant and one thing about our pants um we don't we don't just carry large and, and long, you know, or regular and long, we carry waist and inseam. And if we don't have your size, we'll custom tailor it to you. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a 32, 34, uh, and that's exact fit that, that we have. And so I wear the waypoint on the outer, um, just because it's easy to get on and off. It vents really good. It has armpit vents, the pants vent, which is a must when you're putting miles onto the mountain and then you may set for an hour or two. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer in the waypoint. It's a, it's a quiet fabric. And when somebody says, you know, what is NUMA? We're a bow hunting performance uh, apparel company. So we design everything with a bow hunter in mind. That's why we love guys like you, Dan, that put it uh, to use in the field with bow in hand, because everything we, we build is we're looking at range of motion through your shoulders, the cut of the cuff on your your uh, wrist to accommodate for your release. Uh, everything has to be quiet. Uh, so that's, uh, that's my system, man. I, I wear the Merino base layer with uh, the waypoint outer. Okay. Will, if you had to suggest one piece, let's say someone's in the market and they don't want to go all in. First off, you guys offer free returns, which is awesome. Like, you know, you guys direct to consumer, you don't just, there's not a big box store where you go try it on. And I think people, as far as consume consumption goes, are pretty familiar with that nowadays as the internet gets more powerful you guys offer free returns but let's say someone wanted to dabble dip their toe in the water what would be the one piece that you say hey try this out for new customers man a lot of times i had i get asked that a bunch and i really encourage people to try out our waypoint system uh our waypoint jacket it's a great mid-weight jacket uh, can be used in some early situation, early season situations, and then it can also be used middle to late season with proper layering. And it's, it's just a good all-around piece, and it helps them just, like you said, get their feet wet with NUMA so they can continue to be, you know, bigger fans for the brand. Man, I'm going to throw another one out there, Will. Um, the Merino visor, it's a, a visor beanie, really. But, uh, you know, for 30 bucks, uh, we're running a sale on those now. If you really just want to try out something Numa, uh, man, you got to try this this uh, beanie visor. That's a Merino piece that uh, I've even caught some of my buddies over at uh, the other competitors wearing it because it doesn't, you know, we don't <laughs> have big logos all over our stuff. But I've caught a few of those guys wearing it. It's unique to the industry, and it yeah. works great when you're pulling your bow back. So. For sure. Well, Will, you just came to Elk Shape Camp actually as a participant, uh, which, by the way, thanks for doing yep. that. I thought it would be better for you to, to actually get your hands dirty a little bit. And you work previously at Archery Shop. Like, you know how to work on your own rigs and other rigs and set them up and tune them. 
you came to Nokeshape Camp and we didn't do CrossFit workouts all weekend, which some people think that's what we do. I think we work out yeah. a little, but really we try to find your weaknesses and identify them and kind of set a blueprint going forward. Tell us, you know, thousand foot view, maybe 30,000 foot view. What was Elk Shape Camp like for you in the trenches? Man, it, it was a really great experience and uh, it was, it was, it was humbling. You know, it, it really teaches you to slow down and be more observant of what you're doing going through your shop process. Uh, you know, not only that, not only from that aspect, but then it really brings in the physical fitness component, the mental fitness component, and then just learning everything from elk strategy to elk calling with Dirk, Jeff, you. Um, it, it, it's just a great experience. It helps put more arrows in your quiver when you're headed up to the mountain. And so I definitely took a lot out of it. And I think the best part was just really teaching myself to slow it down and just go through my processes more. Well, that's good to hear. I think one of the benefits people don't recognize till they do after camp is like you're networking with a bunch of like-minded peers that could potentially be future hunting partners, people that you can work together to help build better hunt plans and share information. It's like a little, that's a little cult following that we've kind of created. And For sure. uh, that's, I mean, I know a couple guys were coming into camp saying, I don't have a hunting partner and they left with a new hunting partner, which is really cool. But let's talk about hunting partners, Cody. You hunt with a team, a set of guys that, you know, been going for 10 years. What do you think are some of the key characteristics of a solid hunting partner or team? Man, uh, great question. And, and, you know, I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to hunt around the world and, and get invites on really cool hunts. And, but there is one hunt that uh, I just never miss. It's opening of archery in Colorado because it's Colorado's closest to our state here in Texas. And drive up, take camp, set up base camp. We do the wall tents. Um, but I never miss it. And, uh, you know, our success rate there is, you know, I think for that unit, 10% or less. And and it's uh, used to be over the counter. They went to a draw. But uh, it's a lot of guys in the woods, and it's, it's a tough hunt. Um, now we've been fortunate. I've killed three bulls out of that unit in the last 10 years, but man, it took us five years to figure it out. But for us, it's, uh, you know, there's about five guys been doing it every year and it's, uh, it's just guys you trust. I mean, I know those guys are going to be ready when they get there. And, you know, it's back to your, your model of preparation. Uh, these guys, you, I know, I, I mean, we've got the camp cook and the, uh, the scout and the caller and, you know, the guy that, sets up camp and guy that gets firewood. So really it comes to a team that's going to prepare just like you do and, uh, and that you can trust to, to do that because man, if you don't hunt a lot, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I work a lot, travel with Numa. So when I go on these hunts, man, it's, uh, I want to make sure that the time is spent, uh, you know, in the woods with guys you trust that prepared that puts you in a better situation or, uh, uh, especially the uh, better opportunity to uh, to harvest an animal or mm. i mean we have a good time regardless but uh, man it's guys that prepare just like just like we do yeah will i'm going to ask you in a second about some funny stories of you and your brother trying to maybe choke each other out on the mountain because i know how that can be in the elk woods <laughs> but Cody, circling back to what you said there man hunting there for 10 years the first five years you guys it was your learning curve years which is really what 
my whole purpose is almost goes back to elk shape is to shorten the learning curve for people, which, cause I went through a long shitty one and mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for it. Cause it's kind of propelled me to my level of prep that I do now, but like, give me some ideas of things you absolutely don't do anymore that you were doing in those first five years of tag soup and public land. Oh man. Uh, well, just like most of the guys out there, I mean, when you drive up to the trailhead and you see five trucks, everyone gets discouraged, you know, because there, there is going to be pressure in public land. And it took me years to just get over that anger, you know, like, man, just to hell with it. I'm going to go to another area when really those guys, if you if you if you know how if you know the land and you know where the elk are or where the elk should be and you know their patterns, you know where the water is. Use those hunters that are in the field to your advantage, man. Uh, they're they're pushing elk around. They may blow them out, but chances are, if you know the area better than they do, which a lot of the guys that we hunt around, you can see them. They don't get off the trail, and you know they overcall and think they have to go 20 miles back. And you know, use those guys to your advantage. That was the biggest thing for me, man. I would try to get away from everybody and and you know go to areas that just didn't have any trucks. And sometimes that works for you, but um, man, I've, I've harvested most of my bulls, you know, pretty close to the camp just because other guys are pushing to us. Yeah. I think a lot of people overlook some of those closer areas, those areas that are just obscure or just difficult to access or the elk just do travel and they do react to pressure and you are participate are anticipating their reaction. That's pretty clutch. Uh, Cody. So my dad's 64, going to be 65 and he's the only guy I've really hunted with uh, elk hunting wise. And mainly when I'm hunting with him, I'm usually the caller for him. And that poor guy and I have, um, we've exchanged some pretty heated words that, uh, you know, just like any hunting partners, you know, you're usually under duress, dehydrated, fatigued, and you're trying really hard. And sometimes you don't agree on what decisions to make. And, and so my dad and I have the best relationship ever. So we can kind of say F you to each other and get mad. And then five minutes later, <laughs> we're we're back on the same program give me some what is it like hunting with your brother you guys are pretty similar in age and and maybe some difficulties you guys have had to have on the mountain yeah um <laughs> he's trying to be pc here i know like, his brother's probably gonna listen to this so you better be yeah. careful Will. We're, we're eight years apart and uh so dad is kind of like the moderator when we disagree at times uh but most of the time I'd say we're, we're pretty, pretty like-minded. Um, but no, dad, dad's definitely there. And we all just really try to devise the, the best game plan to, to find elk. I mean, we're still new to it. We're still kind of figuring it out. We kind of, we haven't had that success yet, but, uh, we've had, I feel like we've had the accelerated curve to, um, be more successful by, getting to learn from you, Dan, and just the other things that we've been able to do. But uh, dad's definitely there to, to keep us chill. And, you know, like in our camp, we all kind of keep each other in check throughout the year, making sure, you know, I'll text my brother, find out, you know, hey, you getting your stuff done. You've been practicing your calling. You've been looking at the unit. Uh, you've been going on uh, walks with your pack. You've been working out because we don't want to get up to the mountain and take a hit because somebody wasn't ready and you know now that i'm in the same town as my dad 
I can go on over to their house, knock on the door and say, all right, put your pack on. We're going, we're going for a three mile walk or something. But no, it's, it's definitely an amazing experience getting to do it with those two because going on an elk hunt was something we talked about doing for 15, 16 years. And so for us to finally, to be able to do that as a father and his two sons, it's, it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Man, well, if you... and I'll add to that, Dan, real quick, man. Cause I, I'm, uh, you know, the biggest problem for me, I guess, or worry is we'd always, you know, you prepare, you shoot, you work out, you run, but you don't go through this, the hunting scenarios, um, till you get into camp. And, uh, that was a learning curve for us. It took us, you know, a long time to realize, all right, if I'm calling, I'm 30 yards back, I need to have visual on the guy in front of me, the shooter. And, and you're working through the woods, you're not talking, you're using hand signals. I mean, practice that stuff in advance because I mean, yeah. Two years ago, I took a rookie into the into the elk woods. Good friend of mine. I wanted to kill him. You know, we we go in and I'm calling, and I basically, in a nice way, said, "Tim, just stay out of the way. You're behind us. Just observe." You know, and uh, thinking that we'd have a day or two before you really get into the elk and and get a shot on one, and he would figure it out by then. But right out of the truck, mile down the trail, get in a bull, you know, on a bull, coming in, and uh, shooter's in position. I'm calling. He's answering. Everything's working perfect, and then. From 80 yards back, we hear him, you know, Tim fling an arrow. We're like, holy, you know, where did that come from? You know, and he just got nervous, saw the bull and shot at it. I'm like, dude, that's not how this works, you know. So uh, for the listeners out there, practice that in uh, in advance. Don't wait till you get to the woods to work on your, your strategy when you're in the woods. Yeah, and I think you guys got to identify your quarterback. You know, someone's got to be calling the plays and directing traffic. And I think a lot of times – there's too many chiefs and yeah, you got to kind of have to know your role. That's important. Now you Texas boys live pretty flat country, pretty low elevation and your neighbors, New Mexico and Colorado are no joke. So how long does it take you guys to acclimate to the altitude? Um, just really curious what you guys are doing there. I know that's something that's a common occurrence considering Colorado is kind of the melting pot of where a lot of people that live east or midwest come to it's your it's the closest it's got the highest elk densities it's got the greatest number of over-the-counter elk tags what are you guys doing to get ready for altitude man that's a that's a great question too because you know we live at sea level uh, at least i do and you know it's uh it takes me a couple days uh to be honest with you and i'm a little bit older uh now and i, I notice you know I, I start training and um now i mean i'm running now to get ready for for september but um Man, for me, I just have to get there a day or two early, usually two days. And uh, I set up camp the day one, cut firewood. We get a base camp set up. And then day two, and this is before the opener, uh, I really just kind of hang out around camp, do some short hikes, and just really get acclimated. Because our base camp is around 10,000 feet. So mm-hmm. um, we're up there. And it, it is a, it's a shock for my body, especially. Will's a little bit younger and a little bit more spry than I am. <laughs> yeah, it it only takes, I mean, it takes me about a good, a good day. I mean, that's just getting acclimated because we're, we're in the same situation. You know, we're, we're camping around that 10,000, 9,500 foot elevation. And it, it takes a solid 24 hours for my body to just adjust to the elevation. Yeah. Yeah. I think getting hydrated and maybe slightly overhydrated leading up to the hunt is super important. I live at higher elevation than both you guys and i still get headaches dull headaches my first full day of hunting and um i even got it in montana after hunting all month of september 
I took a week off and went back to Montana and I just got dehydrated. Uh, I killed a bull day one in Montana and it was something like 26 mile pack out, but it just, I got the headache. I wasn't feeling right. And you just got to overhydrate, have some electrolytes. Um, I usually take wilderness athlete hydrate recover daily. I noticed that's kind of helped as well as, you know, you know, you're not getting a lot of fruits and vegetables when you're elk hunting. And so I usually do like a greens formula. And then there's also some other supplements you can take for altitude, uh, altitude advantage. Have you guys ever tried altitude advantage from wilderness athlete? I have, uh, I'm this last season was the first time I've tried it and I'm a firm believer. So I will def I will definitely be trying it out this year. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I don't know if it's placebo or whatever, but I've noticed the difference as well. And if somebody like me who works out for a living still gets affected by altitude, like I think, and I live higher than all you guys, like it's, it's a thing. So I like to Man, talk Dan, about I'm, I am happy to hear you say that, dude, cause most people just <laughs> blow that off and say, ah, oh, you know, it's, I work out all year altitude doesn't affect me, but it affects everyone. It's just a matter if you, you know, you're, you're self-aware of that, but I mean, we call it scouting where we go two days in advance to scout. We're really scouting for oxygen. You know, it's, you gotta get ready for that. <laughs> hunt, man. I love uh, that. That is so well said. And we're going to interrupt this podcast for a quick little message from Black Rifle Coffee Company. These guys make amazing coffee here in the U.S. and they're veteran owned and they're proudly American and unapologetic. I appreciate that. If you guys are interested in joining their coffee club or picking up maybe some swag, ready to drinks, or check out that new flying elk roast flavor, use the discount code ELKSHAPE and that'll save you 15%. Also, Kafaru International. This is the backpack of choice for elk hunters. I use the Hoodlum or the 44 Mag. You guys need to check out Kafaru International if you are serious about packing out large loads of perfect protein off the mountain. Kafaru makes gear for life, and you can check out some of their line as far as their packs, their frames, their tents, their shelters, their sleeping systems, stoves, and accessories. Head over to kafaru.net to learn more. And finally, Baku e-bikes. These are e-bikes made for hunters by hunters. This is a game changer for elk hunting as well as bear hunting, checking your tree stand trail cams, getting in and out quietly. I rock the mule. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to knock $300 off your purchase. And if you do that, you might as well just go ahead and apply that discount towards a folding cargo trailer so you can put your elk quarters and haul them out back to the truck. Okay, well, I want to circle back to 21 pieces, guys. Like, you're going to have some 21 stuff probably available by the time some of these tax shoots are going. I got to get my hands on a few. I know we can at least talk about that puffy that you guys have. That was something that I was really stoked about. Got to kind of try it on myself. Very excited for that because it's packable. But, yeah, Cody, tell take us through some of the 21 pieces that we can look forward to as well. Absolutely, man. We, uh, we've got some really good products coming up and, and we called it, you know, we, we kind of looked at our assortment, uh, over this, uh, this winter and used it in the field. We relied on our recon team, which our recon team is, uh, 12 individuals that, uh, hunt at least, or they're in the field at least 200 days a year. These guys use it, they abuse it. They try to tear it up and they tell us how to make it better. So we used our recon team, um, and really looked at what our holes in the assortment were. were, what were the things that our guys, our hunters needed in the field. And, uh, we, we put in a, a new line of, uh, lightweight, 
really breathable ultra wicking uh, top that uh, goes well with our uh, pursuit pant, which is coming out this year that we're really excited about. It's uh, I think it's the ultimate mountain pant. Um, we've got a puffy coming out, which was one thing that we didn't have. We didn't have that, that extra piece. If you're setting for an hour or two glassing just to, to cut the chill and keep you warm with a scuba hood, uh, really it's a good 70, 30 treated down waterproof zippers, waterproof piece. That's really packable. Um, you know, we've got a, I'm trying to think, Will, what we can actually talk about here. We're going to do a big launch in uh, <laughs> June where we roll this stuff out and you'll see some of this at TAC. We want those guys to see it first, but, uh, We've got another uh, lifestyle line that's coming out of solids, and uh, we're gonna start. You're gonna start seeing more of our gear uh, in solids uh, along with the Casa. And uh, you know, last year was the first year that you know we used Casa in the field, and I think it's still new that people are still gonna uh, see the advantage of that camo pattern uh, in the in the mountains and in the in the bottomland hardwoods. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a few of the pieces. I don't want to give too much away, but we're going after everything that, that has been requested. I mean, from socks to gloves to better headwear, uh, you'll see a full assortment roll out this uh, this summer that will uh, hopefully you guys, when guys start looking to, to fill their gear for, you know, July to get ready for August, September, we'll be there for you. Yep. The Casa Camo causes me a lot of messages. Uh, I've, I've worn, you know, you guys' pieces on a few Instagram and YouTube videos, and I feel like the videos we've made are really good and educational, and I always get these questions out of left field. They're not about the arrow I'm talking about or these cool long shots I'm making or the bow specs. They're about what camo is that? What jacket is that? And so it is very eye-catching. The camo is super legit. It's actually... I, I like solids, but I will always have a mix of that Casa Camel. It's really legit. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about business and mainly Cody because you're a couple of years older than me. You're a CEO of a holding group. You've had your hands in so many different things. But what people don't know about you is that you actually have a background in biology and you know a lot about wildlife biology, which intrigues me. So, Cody, let's kind of go through your background, your education, and your growth as a businessman. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny story. You know, most guys that in this world and, you know, I've worked with some VC firms and been part of holding groups in the business world. And I'm working with nothing but, you know, MBAs and guys that, you know, Harvard business and, and guys that, you know, just think it's uh, funny or intriguing that I'm a, I'm a biologist, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm a biologist, uh, got a degree in environmental science and biology, and then went back and got a chemistry degree all before I really started in the business world. And, uh, my first job in the hunting industry over 20 years ago was with Ducks Unlimited and uh, working on wetland ecology, waterfowl biology, uh, did banding ducks up in Saskatchewan. Uh, man, I, I love duck hunting. I love calling ducks. I think that's one reason it kind of translates into my love for elk hunting because I love calling and interacting with the, with the animals. But uh, yeah, biologist by training. Uh, got into the business world just uh, kind of moved my way up through Ducks Unlimited, got into kind of the executive team working through some of the numbers and just loved that side of it and loved building businesses and went back to school, did some business stuff and, and then started my own business in the, in a PR firm, uh, started a, a firm where we launched new businesses. We were a startup company. We helped, uh, businesses from the very beginning uh, seek capital and then that kind of turned into the next thing you need is marketing so 
uh, we did in-house marketing, grew some businesses, had some success. And then uh, about four years ago, partnered with a, a couple guys in Texas. We're a small team and uh, launched a holding company. And you mentioned Casa Camo. One of the businesses we own is uh, Los, Cas Los Casadores. It's a uh, brick and mortar store, historic uh, business in Texas. And uh, started as a feed store, and now we we have everything. You know, we have everything you can eat for the hunter, from bow shops to we have indoor ranges and everything. But we have four locations in Texas, and um, that Los Cazadores, which means the hunter, uh, is how we came up with the name Casa Camo. So Casa was kind of short for Los Cazadores. Uh, now, before we bought Numa, we acquired Numa in 2019 and uh, did a full rebrand, uh, and they're still working through it, elevating that brand, but. Um, that's how we came up with Casa. We, we were with Los Cazadores. We were trying to build a pattern that would work in Texas, but would also work, you know, guys hunt 30 times a year in Texas or Georgia or the whitetail woods. We were looking for something they could take on that occasional elk hunt every year or two or three up to the mountains and that camo pattern would work. And, uh, I think we have it, man. I think Casa uh, solves that problem. Yeah, I do. I do agree. It's really legit. I think the business stuff intrigues me, Cody, because you're pretty young and you're at the helm and you're making, you know, very important decisions that will be scrutinized. Did you have a, like some sort of mentorship? Was it the school of hard knocks? Um, when did you feel like you started to maybe make your strides in business and kind of learn from mistakes and evolve to where you felt like you were more than qualified to run and steer this ship? Man, I've had several mentors uh, over the years, and and uh, I think for me it was definitely hard knocks. I mean, it was the mistakes that I made and learning from those that helped me. And I'm I'm kind of a I love to study business, and I'm I kind of geek out on that. But I love to learn from from my mistakes. I've made plenty of them. But you know, when we started, I guess for me, when we knew we made it, um, when Numa came up for sale, and we said man, this is a company that we really, you know, we like what it has going, but when you look at the numbers and, and it, it's all about the feeling. I mean, do you, the feeling we had when we went in and, and really looked at the product, looked at the quality and just that, that feeling you have that, you know, you can take that to the next level. It doesn't matter what business it is. Uh, but, but, you know, it's every business guy knows and you're going to be nervous. You're making some big decisions that cost millions of dollars, but, since we've owned Numa, man, it just feels right. We're we're sticking by our three pillars, which is quality, customer service, and innovation. And we have the quality. Uh, I put it up against anything out there, um, so much that we have a lifetime guarantee, transferable lifetime guarantee on every piece that we put out there. Um, and then customer service, we have. Now we're a small shop, but um, we have a great team of people that are hunters. They they love this stuff just like we do. Our customer service is second to none. And then the innovation, you'll see that this year. Um, we're, we're hitting our stride now, man. Um, we're coming out with some gear that um, has not been seen in the outdoor industry. You know, we've done a good job of going through the medical field, some automotive, believe it or not, field and taking technology and layers and treatments and putting in the outdoor garments, uh, both hard lines and soft lines that will – elevate the hunt, but also make you more comfortable in the field. But I guess it was, you know, when we, uh, it's that feeling you have as a businessman, you know, you, you acquire a company or you look at a company and say, Hey, this is something that I really feel like we can take to the next level. And 
for the guys out there that don't acquire companies that have a product that you feel like you can take to the next level and, you know, look at like the guys from Shark Tank and everything they're doing. I mean, if you have something you believe in, man, go after it. It's, it's that not knowing that make people kind of turn away, turn away and, and not go forward with something because they're nervous. But man, for me, it's that feeling I've had. And I've had plenty of these opportunities that I wish I'd have done something The regret, man, don't live with regret, do it, go out there, start it, fail. You'll learn from it. Mm, I love all that. I think, uh, entrepreneur spirit for me has always been startups, like start from nothing and try to make something. And as the older I get, if I were to do further business ventures, I probably would look less into starting something from scratch and possibly buying or acquiring something that I thought I could make even better uh, with my systems or, or my messaging or whatever it is. So I, I really I respect that. And yeah, Numa's roots were in Minnesota, but now they seem like for me, I only know Texas and I see all, everybody there is an out west hunter, they're diehard whitetail. And I wanted to kind of segue into what we talked about in the past, which is that that uh, Texas bubble lifestyle of hunting and and kind of dispel some of the myths. So for listeners, um, I personally have never hunted like in Texas ever because, you know, obviously you, you kind of have to know somebody or you know, there's just not a lot of public ground per se, but it definitely is on my radar. Your guys' whitetail seasons are kicking in when I got nothing to hunt up here in the Northwest. And you guys got some really cool different species of animals. Obviously you have your exotics as well, but there's some high fence, but there's not, there's a ton of low fence hunts as well. And Audad has always been on my radar just because of the, the, the country. So let's talk about the Texas bubble. Uh, Cody, I guess we'll have to lean on you since you're, I think you're a transplant to Texas, but you've been there long enough. And same with Will, like, Let's talk about this Texas bubble hunting and dispel some of the myths. Man, great question. I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because it's the biggest thing that that I uh, question I get, I get asked. And usually it's uh, around a campfire after a few drinks and people start, you know, giving me a hard time about Texas and hunting. And I moved here about 10 years ago. Um, there is not a lot of, of public hunting. I, I'll give you that. Um, but um, there is opportunities. I mean, one thing that's great about Texas is there's, some, there's something to hunt year round. Um, and people, you know, there's your super exotics that are under high fence that, you know, if you can't go to Africa, you can hunt them here. But there's also animals that people don't understand, like black buck, axis, audad, and now neil guy. Um, those things are free ranging. They're taking over. Uh, some of them are introduced in the 60s and 70s that are prevalent in in large areas in Texas. And, and uh, you know, one of my favorite hunts is, and Dan, you're coming on this hunt, but we're... Uh, down outside of Big Bend in far southern uh, Texas along the border. Um, you know, we hunt around 80 to 100,000 acres. There's no fences. Um, you don't know where the property lines are. You know, thanks to Onyx, we, we can go through that. But there's uh, Audad. I mean, the mountain hunting of Audad down there, there's, I mean, we're seeing herds of eight, 80 to 100, and uh, they're free ranging. And that's what people don't understand. I feel don't understand in Texas that there is hunting opportunity. Now you pay an access fee to, to go on someone's ranch, but uh, you know, my hunting is, uh, is a little bit different. You know, I've, I have hunted behind a high fence. I'm not going to deny that, but I'm also a meat hunter. So I've got a, a couple kids that have uh, never had anything other than the meat we've harvested. And uh, I, I put, you know, that meat in the freezer. So um, man, it's, 
it's funny that people say that and, and I, I laugh and I understand it cause I'm not from Texas, but, um, not, don't knock it until you try it. And, uh, I've had, I've proved hundreds of people wrong over the last 10 years by bringing them into Texas and showing them what it's all about. And guys that thinks it's easy, even on a 20,000 acre, 10,000 acre high fence, um, man, it's not, it's, uh, you know, a lot of these whitetail, uh, they're not moving big areas. They're not like elk. They're not roaming. Um, you know, it's uh, the the buck to doe ratio, and you get into the ecology of some of these areas. It's uh, it's it's pretty impressive, and and I I like it. Um, I like having the opportunity to hunt year round. I guess it's the biggest thing for me. Now, Will, you're a little bit different. You're from Texas, so um, you got a lot more to defend than I do. I can just say I moved here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up hunting here, low fence you know since i've been seven eight years old with my dad and brother and uh you know i've been fortunate enough over uh over the years that i've had the opportunity to get to guide on twenty thousand acres which was a playground for me at that time um but just to kind of piggyback off of what cody was saying you know there's so many opportunities down here but when it boils down to it or when it gets down to uh shot execution and things i mean there's so many similarities that you find with hunting down here like you do up in the mountains that as soon as you get that animal in front of you and you're behind your bow and arrow i mean it's it's the same thing i mean it boils down to you and pulling off that good shot on an animal and so i I mean texas down here it's amazing so i think if you've ever got the chance to come down here and just see all that it has to offer from public land to private land, low fence, high fence, you've, you've got to come and try it. And to prove that, uh, I challenge everyone to go to go to Texas Parks and Wildlife and just look at their, um, what do they call it, Will? The It's like the uh, draw program. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a draw program, and I think for, I'm not sure what it is for non-residents, but for residents, I think we can put in for like $3.00. It's it's super cheap. But look at the species on there. That's what's awesome. I mean, you yeah. got Neil Guy and Desert Bighorn and uh, free ranging scimitar oryx. Uh, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, elk. I mean, uh, people don't understand that there's a, a really good elk population in Texas, and I I've got friends that are probably listening to this that are probably gonna want to kill me for saying that because we want to keep it, people out of Texas for elk hunting because <laughs> there's some giants out in the desert, and uh, it's a uh, man. It's uh, I want. I encourage you, Dan, to come down and and uh, let's let's do another one from the uh, from the top of the mesa. I and mean, we do three thousand feet of elevation over about a three quarters of a mile. Uh, oh. straight scree. It it'll kill you. I mean, that's uh, when you suffer more than the animal does on a hunt. Uh, you're you know it. And uh, I think that's an area outside of Big Bend that people. Uh, it's like hunting on the moon. Uh, you you've got to see it. And we've done a few filmed hunts down there. Really, we're not into video and hunts, but we did that one just to show the terrain. Everything down there is trying to kill you, and uh, it's awesome. I want to get you down and check it out. Oh, yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> I'll bring the snake boots or snake gators. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited, man. That country looks rough. I've seen that video. It's a short little film. Um, it's not even a film. I'd say it's like a, a one-minute video, but I'll put it in the show notes, guys, for those that want to check it out. It's a, I'm going to go do that in October and I'm actually super stoked and I would be willing to hunt just for the record behind a high fence, but I would be the first one to tell you, hi, 
I'm hunting behind a high fence today. There's a higher probability maybe that I'm going to kill something, but I'm not going to the grocery store and having someone else do the killing for me. This is a meat hunt. I just think be transparent. People respect that. And we as hunters got to stick together. If you're buying hunting license tags, ammo, and hunting gear, uh, I support you. And, and there's less people that support us. So that message of united, not divided always rings true. Cody, guess what, man? You... We've talked about this, but I didn't didn't quite understand till now. Your wife is probably more into hunting than you. Can you please give us the lowdown on that? Well, I purposely didn't tell her about this podcast today because I don't want her listening. So I can um, I don't want her to all the hunts and stuff we're discussing because she wants to go on them more than I do. She's uh, <laughs> she's killed a plains game with her bow in Africa. Um, she when we met, she we we moved. I moved around the country and. Uh, as a kind of a form of livelihood, she, she was a teacher when I met her. Uh, and now she, when we moved around, she decided to do taxidermy on her own, uh, went to a few schools and, uh, did taxidermy for about six years and won several awards, kind of a really well-known bird taxidermist, but she loves the outdoors, loves bow hunting. And, uh, you know, I'm the guy that comes home and hides my gear because, you know, most guys don't want their wife to know how much they spent on gear. I have to hide my gear so my wife doesn't either steal it or say, you bought that, now I'm going to go buy one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she's a little bit different uh, than I think most wives, but she is an avid archer. And uh, I will give you another short story. Um, my we, we had an RV. Um, we had to kind of step up to an RV for base camp one year uh, in Colorado for elk camp. And we went up, uh, had my daughter with us, uh, our first child at the time. She was four months old took her to the mountain. She spent her first, I guess her fifth, sorry, her fourth month of her existence in an RV in Colorado and elk camp with a bunch of dudes. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. But I, I shot a bull, was lucky enough to shoot a bull after everyone had left camp. My wife uh, carried the four month old and a little baby carrier down to help me uh, process this elk. You know, it was about a three mile hike downhill. And uh, my favorite time-lapse video I have is uh, now she doesn't think I can uh, skin out an elk and cape it you know to, for taxidermy quality and she's probably right so the, i have a time lapse of me holding the kid watching my wife clean this elk you know cape it out on the side of a mountain and uh guys still give me shit over that but uh i love it i think that's uh, that's what it's all about and that elk uh fed my daughter for the next almost year uh and she was a, a part of that that harvest so pretty cool that's like the best story i've heard on this podcast like just the visual of, oh, your wife shoving you out of the way. Hold the child. I'll cape mm -hmm. this out. That is, you just don't hear that, man. That's cool. Um, yep. Cody, I, I do appreciate a, a wife that hunts. My wife has hunted with me and has had some success. Our kids are just you know young like yours, and hunting can definitely be a selfish ambition to some degree. And we try to talk about best practices on this podcast to mitigate any conflict at home when it comes to hunting. So what are some of the things that you do around the place before you go on a hunt or how are you communicating to make sure that, you know, plans are made and uh, everything's taken care of at home so you can hunt your best? I'm probably not the best example for this one. So, um, and again, I'm the guy that, and don't, don't do this guys and listeners, but I'm the guy that says, Hey, this is going to be a four or five day hunt and knowing it's going to be nine. And I ask for forgiveness on the back end. I should know better now, but, uh, my wife, uh, she, she's pretty quick to, to catch on, but 
I try to just spend as much time with the kids and the family uh, in, you know, in the off season leading up to the season, because again, it's back to that meat for the family to fill the freezer and go to the table. Um, they, they, I mean, we, it's, it's a culture. They expect me to go out and provide and harvest animals. And, and it just happens to be part of my work now, but that is, you know, from our family, they expect me to go out and, uh, they know come September, October that, uh, I'm probably not going to be around very much, but, um, I do try to get them out there as much as we can. And I, I really, you know, you're right when you say hunting can be selfish. I know a lot of my friends that, that are selfish when it comes to that, but I, I really, truly look, uh, look forward to the day that, you know, my kids can go in the woods with me. And that's for me, passing on those, uh, skills and knowledge of the outdoors. I'm not going to push them into hunting, but I, they're already, you know, love being outdoors, but, uh, I want to, I can't wait to get them out there with me and, and, and guys don't be discouraged by taking kids to elk camp. Um, and, and just being a part of that because I mean, my greatest memories as a child, um, or, you know, in the whitetail woods of Oklahoma, um, it's where I learned to play guitar. You know, it's, it's things that you learn in the outdoors that, stay with you the rest of your life so you probably want to listen to will on this one will's a little bit better planning uh ahead on his hunts than i am so um man i, I for all you listeners out there i would say uh my wife will probably hear this podcast but i think the two words that you need to remember the most are yes babe or sure <laughs> honey uh, but i definitely try to spend as much time with my family throughout the year try to do as many things as she wants to do like i know she's got a birthday coming up so we're gonna she wants to go do something for that so yes babe yes babe yes babe and just you know help out as much as i can so when it does come time for me to be gone for that extended time during hunting season um that you know i tend to leave home better so that way i don't catch flack when i get back I will throw out one more thing, Dan, and you can relate to this, I'm sure. But when I come back from an elk camp, when I've spent time in the woods alone with my thoughts, you know, and that whole, I don't want to get cheesy on you here, but that it's my meditation. When I come back, I'm a better person. And I, I, I don't know if it's just because I've, I, you know, you're away from something, you miss them more, but man, for me, it just clears my head. I put down the phone for a week at a time and, 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 I don't know if you don't elk hunt and you don't get in the backcountry. There's no self-service. I challenge anyone listening: Have you gone without your phone for three or four or five days ever? And for me, that's my excuse to get out there. And yes, I'm hunting, and yes, I'm doing what I love. But it's therapeutic for me. And if I don't have that, um, man, I I go I go crazy. I've got to get out there. I've got to get away. I've got to reset my clock. Yeah, you come back a new man. Yep. Well, I think everyone can agree. And if you haven't experienced that, you should definitely try. It's called clarity. We go and get that in the mountains with the creator and it's legit. I definitely got a string of weeks with no cell phone service this year. It was therapeutic. It was magical. And uh, yeah, man, you can't wait to get home and you realize what's really important. And maybe what you were worrying about wasn't really that big of a deal. So yeah, shout out to clarity from elk hunting that's a huge deal and i think a lot of spouses need to understand that so do your best to try to communicate that and then show them when you get home the clarity that you got um two things i'll let you guys jam 
Will, you guys have an outfitter and guide program at NUMA, and I think that doesn't get talked about enough. Can you give us a couple of talking points on that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, aside from our recon team, we really heavily rely on our guide and outfitter program as well as our affiliate program where we work with other influencers. But the big part is, uh, you know, our guide and outfitters, we get them on board, we heavily vet them but they're using our, our stuff and they're taking clients out on these hunts and they're showing them how it's getting put through the ringer. And you know, at the end of the day, the clients wanna know, basically, I wanna use what you're using. Where can I get that? Where can I find that? And so we, we really work with those guys on that. And then we also, with our affiliate program, uh, we work with social media influencers. You know, Maybe not necessarily the big time guys that have 100, 200,000 followers, but we have guys out there that we love to work with and that we know are gonna be raving fans for NUMA to you know, get NUMA out to the masses. And so we really heavily, lie, heavily rely on all those to um, promote NUMA as best as we can. Yeah, um, but that's cool to hear that there's an opportunity. Those folks are out there and they're in the trenches. <laughs> And they're working hard. That's a hard living yeah. to be a guide and an outfitter. Like you're not doing it for the money. You're not trying to get rich. That's for sure. You're doing it because you're passionate, which I personally respect. Uh, last thing I wanted to cover, and it's kind of just a off the wall subject, but Cody, like I'm trying to transition to more of a overland style uh, mobile attack unit for hunting. So I don't set up a wall tent. In fact, I preach at my camps to not have a very comfortable base camp because you might talk yourself out of trying new areas. I'm very much a gypsy hunter. I Even if it's a small unit, chances are I'm going to cover the whole unit and try to figure out the best places. Um, I like elk that talk. I like them when they're talking and bugling, and I like when there's not a lot of pressure on them. So I'm moving around. I'm bugling at night. I'm covering different trailheads. I'm, going, I'm bushwhacking, and I sleep in the back of my truck. And a lot of times I get back to the truck super late in the dark, I still got to make dinner. I still got to get my pack ready for the next day. And I got to move my truck to the next location because I want to get up and go in the morning. And so I like the idea of sleeping out of out of my truck instead of a tent. Um, you know a little bit more about that. What's your experience like that? And you guys have a tent too or something. I want to hear a little bit about it. Yeah, we carry uh, several rooftop tents and awnings and expedition cases and stuff at, at one of our local or actually one of our businesses our brick and mortars in texas and we tested out all the gear i mean you know when we first started elk camp in colorado now i've i've traveled around montana and idaho and, and hunted a lot elk hunting and and done exactly what you're talking about um but the colorado trip when we started you know, like most guys pulling up a you know enclosed trailer with all our gear and taking way too much stuff and and you know there's several guys that just hang out around camp and you know I may not be at camp for four or five days. I spike camp up on the mountain and stay mobile. But for us, we're pulling either a flatbed or a enclosed trailer, and we always tear it up. I mean, we were just destroying it on the way up. Uh, never lasted more than a trip. So out of necessity, um, I started a company called uh, Troubadour Trailers uh, probably 10 years ago. And we since sold the company, but it was really just a, a small uh, trailer, independent suspension, rooftop tent, all self-contained, solar, water, everything ready to go. And and, uh, man, I think that's a lot of the hunters out there. There's things that you're doing right now that may be a great idea. You're doing it out of necessity. And that's usually the best businesses are born out of necessity. And, and, uh, I, 
I'm with you though, man. If you can stay mobile and and live out of your truck, basically, then you you have a better opportunity to be an elk uh, for sure. But I, uh, yeah, we carry you know, Rome rooftop tents and some awnings and stuff that man, you can't beat those things as far as 30 seconds and you have a, a place to, to to lay down. It's pretty impressive. I know Will. I think didn't you hunt out of your truck this year in was it Arizona? Yeah, we uh I put a camper shell on top this year and I've got a deck system in the bed that I just I just throw a, a futon mattress on top and one of the drawers got, you know, jet boil, all my food, camping stuff, other side has tools. And so that way it allows me to stay mobile and I don't have to bust out tents, I don't have to bust out all this stuff. I can just, you know, get back to the truck at night. If I need to move, I can, or if I want to move in the morning, I can take the whole thing with me. Yeah. Cause I, I am interested in something similar. I got um, a new to me truck this year. I sold my Tacoma just cause it was too small. I love Tacomas. Um, this was my third Tacoma. My wife drives a Tundra. We, we like Toyotas, but dude, I was pulling um, a trailer, like a utility trailer with a four wheeler, a dirt bike, an e-bike, lots of coolers for hopefully killing elk and putting meat in there. And then I mean, I was just crammed, dude. And it was a pain in the butt to move camps. And I was like, I got to do something different. So I, I literally got home from elk season, sold the Tacoma, got um, a full-size truck. And I, I didn't want a diesel truck. I've had diesels in the past. So I got like a, a GMC 2500, like a Sierra. It's a gasser. But it's a full-size truck. Uh, bought the topper for it. And... Uh, probably going to put a deck system inside just like you talked about and get a mattress on there or whatever. Um, but maybe not because I have so much gear, put a rooftop tent and then just put the e-bike on the back of the hitch. And then I don't have to bring a four wheeler or a dirt bike. And those e-bikes are pretty fun, man. Like I, I got a back here one and they just don't make noise. You can bring a generator and recharge the battery or have an extra battery like I do. And that's just a mobile attack. So look out y'all. I'm, I'm still scheming and figuring out how to make the mobile attack unit. And this was all inspired by my buddy. My cameraman actually had his truck with a rooftop tent and he did a bunch of wiring and set up like charging stations for all our cameras and cell phones every night and lighting. We could flip the lights on, make dinner. And I slept in the back of that guy's truck while he slept on his tent. And uh, man, we were mobile and you can take your truck into places you can't tow. I mean, I'm sure you guys have done it. Like you pull your camper single axle or double axle and you take it into the nastiest places and you're just beating it up and asking for it to, to break down eventually flat tires, all that. So I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, man. One other piece of equipment, uh, I, I'm going to challenge you to try out this next year in, in cold areas where you're you know, late season hunting. Uh, if you stay in the back of your truck, I mean, it's really no good way to heat that area. You know, if you, you want a good comfortable night's sleep, especially if you're putting miles on the next day, We've got a heated base layer system. It's a heated top, heated bottom, runs off a small battery. And once you put that on just low and get in your bag at night, uh, man, you're, you're toasty all night long. And I encourage you to try that, especially if you're sleeping in a rooftop tent or in the back of your truck. It's, uh, it's a bust. Even if you just leave that at base camp or at the truck to sleep in, you've got to have a good night's sleep when you're on the mountain. Yeah, I run cold. And so and that the heated base layers, I actually used them this year deer hunting. And running them, running them on low for all day sits, and they're like next to skin. It's a game changer, especially if you're skinny like me and you don't retain heat for for crap. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Well, guys, um, I guess I'll tell the truth. 
we did this podcast yesterday and um, out of 171 podcasts, this is the first time I didn't smash record. So this is round two. So God bless both of you for coming back on early in the morning. I know I'm about to catch a flight to Tennessee <laughs> to do an elk shape camp, but God bless you both. Thank you. I apologize publicly for <laughs> making you do this twice. We're going to punish you when you come down on the uh, odd ad hunt. So don't worry about it, man. We'll catch up <laughs> when you come down to Texas. Fair enough. Guys, check out NUMA. You can check out their NUMA Outdoors website at NUMA Official. Is, uh, that's their Instagram account, right, Will? Yes, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Awesome. Appreciate you guys' time. Guys, remember, separation is in the preparation, and we will catch you on the next one. Guys, what a fun podcast with those guys. Pretty cool listen. Talk about some altitude, what to expect out of a hunting partner, mistakes made. Uh, Talked about the NUMA pieces. Uh, Just a really fun, cool podcast. So, again, listeners, if you guys want to check out NUMA Outdoors, maybe try the Waypoint Jacket or the Gunnison Hoodie. Uh, Check the link in the show notes. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE20. Get 20% off. They have, obviously, free returns if you got the wrong size. But they are really true to size, especially the the pants. So be sure to check them out if you're interested. want to thank Phelps Game Calls for hooking up all the elk-shaped camps with bugle tubes and diaphragm calls and lending me the bugler, Dirk Durham, for all the camps. Appreciate that. Stowaway Gourmet's got a discount code ELK10. That'll take 10% off your freeze-dried food. Check those out. Stock up early. Black Ovis carries everything under the sun. That's where I get my arrows. Like, no joke, I buy arrows. Not sponsored. I buy them from blackovis.com. Slip in the discount code ELKSHAPE and save 10%. And they usually have free shipping, so it's a win-win. Tag Hub from Eastman's. Blue Chip. Figure out your state overviews. Where to get your elk tags. Draw odds. Draw strategies. Uh, These guys have been doing it and been in the game longer than anyone. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE15. Save 15%. I am not sponsored by these guys. I just think it's a good product and want to add value. Last but not least, theelkcollective.com. The number one digital virtual elk hunting learning resource online video driven me and my boy john gabriel put this thing together it's super dope we'll get you 25 dollars off registration it's a membership you get full access and i promise you can't even watch all the videos we've put all the content from the elk shape camps up there including the content from this year's camps elk shape podcast one word that's your discount code 25 dollars off Guys, this is it. This is the time of year where we really start to figure out where we're going to be hunting, and then we can start digging into the e-scouting and fine-tuning, shooting our weapon, making sure our physical body, our nutrition, our our family life, our home life is dialed, all in the name of better elk hunting. Leverage elk hunting to create the best possible version of yourself. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.